Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and on this episode, I'm going to be speaking to the founder of The Soul Supplier, George Sullivan. Amazing interview, this. And I'm just going to read the bio of The Soul Supplier's LinkedIn page because I think it really gives you a nice background. They're established in 2013, and their mission was to answer a problem that many 18, 13-year-olds had, which was, where can I find the latest, most exclusive trainers? The Soul Supply, they're now receiving over 5 million page views from over 2 million footwear lovers per month. I mean, that is staggering. (laughs) That's not on their bio. I'm just ad-libbing. But the Soul Supply curates news and information on major footwear releases from around the world. And the interview with George is great. He gave us, uh, he was very gracious with his time speak to him for about 25 to 30 minutes. So that's coming up before we get to the interview though make sure you're checking out all the latest articles reviews news over on the menswear style page that's menswearstyle.co.uk you can follow us on the social as well to keep updated when we release podcasts and you know competitions etc so just punch in menswear style into your smartphone there and we should come up lastly if you want to get in touch with the show the email is info at menswearstyle.co.uk okay here is that interview with George Sullivan, the founder of The Soul Supplier. It's my great pleasure to introduce George Sullivan, founder and CEO of The Soul Supplier. How are you doing today, George? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Peter. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm all good. I mean, George, I'll get into it with the website, but how has mm. the pandemic affected you and your industry? And, and whilst you're there, maybe just give us a little bit of a story about The Soul Supplier, please. Okay, yeah, so firstly, it's good to be on here. Um, The Soul Supplier was launched in 2014 to help people find the trainers that they they might not know they need yet, or they know that they need. Um, So our job is to just help people find footwear from over 100 retailers. So we we do that through content, search, comparison tech, and we've got a website and app, and we serve around 3 million users a month. So, I mean, the casual footwear industry is massive right now and set to triple by 2025. But as you said, like coronavirus has affected the fashion industry badly um, with, you know, a high percentage of stores closing, all of them across the world, more or less. It's had a real knock on effect with people's cash flows going up the, up the spout and it's, it's very volatile right now. So. I'm very interested to see how that that sort of stat holds, whether the market will grow or it will triple by 2025, considering what's going on. I mean, the brands that you've got on your website, you've got all the marquee names, all the heavy hitters. How have they reacted? I mean, are you? I guess you're in contact with your supply chains for these brands. I mean, are they up and running still? Are they still kicking out products and launches? Yeah, so... We work very closely with Nike, Adidas, Foot Locker, Foot Asylum, and you know, them those guys having to close their stores has definitely meant that online is now the focus. So actually, for us, it's it's kind of they're coming to us still in the same way because we still need to support them, and we still need to talk about the cool stuff that's going on on their website. So, in a way things are pretty busy because people are at home and um you know i've heard some great stories as well about some retailers since like closing their stores are actually now up in revenue more than they were 
when they had their stores open um, because they've moved all of their business online and they've actually saved money by doing that. Right, overheads. Yeah, and they've got a lot of payment holidays. I mean, this is a rare case, right? But I have heard some of those things happen. So I just really mm-hmm. think it's going to change the way that not just this industry, but the whole online offline thing works for forever. It's going to change the world, this. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking that it's some part of me is like a coin toss because I've even noticed just in the last hour or so going through your website, you know, just mooching around going, crikey, I'd love that. And I'm like, yeah. just about to pull the trigger on this. I'm like, oh, well, well, hold on, you know, cash flow, et cetera. <laughs> so more people are online, more people are, you know, trigger happy looking at stuff. They think, oh, great, excellent. Now I can actually get these things. And then at the same time, there's that thing in the back of the mind where they're maybe fencing off a few expenditures. Yeah, you're so right. Um, like I've always told people, um, one of my videos on Instagram, it's uh, called Don't Buy Trainers. And for anyone that follows me, when they saw that, they were like, don't buy trainers? I was like, yeah, don't don't buy trainers. I'm, I'm basically saying uh, you want to be careful with your money because I'm all about trying to help people on my personal socials. And I'm saying even though we're telling you the latest and greatest trainers, it's got to be – you've got to be spending in line with your – your goals and what your what you can spend, what you can afford, because mm. I wouldn't want to see anyone broke because they bought too many trainers yeah. or spent too much on Supreme or you know it's important to get a balance. So my mission right now is to is to help people understand how to be more successful in in life and business and also things like being more positive, saving more, all of the things that surround it. You know. Nice. Yeah. No. Nice message. And so. George, can you dial us back a little? 2014, the brand started. What got you into the athleisure wear business and the trainer industry in particular? Yes, yeah, a good question. I would like to ask you that as well. Um, mine was off the back of, I was around like 19, I think, 18, 19. And I, I hadn't, when I was younger, had loads of nice trainers. I just had sort of nothing out the norm and then I'd been seeing things as I'd been growing up like these really cool trainers and then I was always kind of in my head like as soon as I start earning my own money uh, so I left school got a job and then as soon as I started earning some of my own money I I went out and bought my first pair of trainers and that was um it's like a pair of Air Max 90 white and Volt which was it's quite a rude looking shoe but uh, that was what got me into it that shoe and then from there there was a few others, man. And then I just got the bug. Like, like I've seen so many people get, you get this bug of like, you want the next pair of trainers. You want to, it's a weird bug that I can't quite explain, but it, every, a lot of people get it. <laughs> what then brought it on that you had to feel like you now have, you're now in a position where you can start up an e-commerce site and you can actually sell trainers. Yeah. Um, so, I always wanted to start a business from when I was around 15 years old. I was getting inspiration from seeing like my dad start a business and run businesses, some successful, some failing. And then I would read a lot of business books as well as I was growing up from around 15 years old onwards. So I kind of had these thoughts kicking around in my head about the web and my dad was always like, and my mum, they were like, oh, you, the internet's where it's at, you know? Mm. So uh, I had these ideas and then when I got to around 22, I was dossing around from around 18 to around 22, doing, not doing a lot, working in sales jobs and not really just, I had all this knowledge in my head about web, the web and stuff. And I, 
I worked in an SEO agency selling clients SEO and then all of a sudden I was just like I can't do this anymore I need to knuckle down and I was working in recruitment and I said every penny I save from my commissions I'm just going to put away I'm going to stop going out I'm going to save and I'm going to resell some trainers that I actually could get a second pair of so I'd get like the latest Harachi at the time and I'd resell it on on eBay at the time if I had a second pair um, one to rock, one to stock is the cat. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, like, I'm not afraid to say that. My hustle at the time went beyond wearing trainers. I wanted to make money at the time. I was like, I'm, I haven't done anything that makes me any good money for years. And it's time to knuckle down a little bit was what I thought. So at the time I was like, there's a lot of people that need this info that I need, which is where do I find the latest trainers? And, um, how do I buy them online? Because I was not only did I want to wear them, I wanted to resell them. So I had this double need. So then I needed loads. So <laughs> that was it. It was like as soon as the penny dropped that I needed to give that information to other people and my dream could be bigger than just this whole like buying, wearing and reselling, it, it was natural. I just started the site from the stuff that I had learned already and organically built it in the evenings and weekends after my after my day job yeah right and and at what point are you now were you now having to employ people maybe farm out some some articles seo etc imagery i mean how did you how did you grow the business yeah so the, that's a good question because i always had that seo knowledge and that was what i thought was really cool i was always like i want to make a website that i can rank in google mm. and i want people to be able to find the information that i'm putting out so i read a lot about seo um and for two years almost so i was always about growing it organically i didn't want to get investment from the outside i wanted to do it in my way i wanted to help people with the content i knew would work right so for two years, I just hired a few freelancers to help me write and, I, and to help me design stuff and to help me customize the website. So I wasn't actually employing any full-time people mm. like that worked with me in an office until after around two years because you can do a lot now online with freelancers, as you know, right? It's, it's so easy if you get trustworthy people to just work with them remotely as we're experiencing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting the SEO industry. When I, I, I told you off, off off air that I also had my own independent fashion shop. It was mainly a shop that was a warehouse with a shop floor. You know, we had a huge building that we didn't pay rates on because it was out in the middle of Bumble, Bumblefoot. Yeah. <laughs> but what was my, my gig was really was to run the shop, but then kind of fill the website with content and attract people to the website. So I had some guy who was helping me, mm. and he was in teach me like seo is so big and i was half thinking that must it must be a myth this seo you know where does it come from it's just emerged out of nowhere and it was at the point where i was describing garments like even to the pair of socks that we were selling and just to fill the page with content and get seo i was having to write 300 word descriptions on a pair of socks and my you know my tech guy was saying this is how we get people to the website and i said this is not what the internet wants and this is what I was telling him. And since I've come to learn that, I was wrong about quite a few things. <laughs> I'm not saying I knew everything. I knew, I knew a couple of things. But what I was right is that the internet is like this big electrical city. And what 
the internet wants you to do and what Google wants you to do is navigate through this city and not find any cul-de-sacs. It wants you to go through seamlessly from link to link to site to site. And if you yep. hit a page that is just spam or it's a pair of socks and it's got 500 words and it's all got the same keywords going down, it's might it might get you a spike it might get you something in the short run but then they'll introduce an algorithm like many algorithms have been you know we've been hit by many over the years that says enough of that no one wants this because <laughs> people yeah. just get on it click on it and then they're off uh, and then it change uh, yeah. yeah anyway so I, I i digress but it's it it's such a handy tool to have up your sleeve knowing how to build a website but also knowing knowing what people want from it as well yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's something that I would recommend everyone to get into, you know, read books on creating websites, follow online courses on how to code, learn about um, SEO so you can get your website ranking. Because let me tell you that Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you don't own these platforms. And the day that they drop off or change their algorithm, all you've got left is your website. If they all disappear, all you've got is your website and your email list. So our goal with the Soul Supplier was to just build a great platform that people come back to to look at rather than just the socials. Um, quality content that people respect and want more of, right? And they know where to come. Similar to a website like Hypebeast, who you just know you can go there and you can get this unique quality content that they've managed to get first because they're in the fashion industry and they're well connected. So, yeah, we've got to think about these websites and 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 a lot more and owning our customers and their experience rather than trusting all these social platforms which have shown time and time again that they don't care about they don't care about us they'll change their algorithms tomorrow yeah. and we'll be broken as business owners so it's but so actually true. they are being nice to us at the moment facebook are giving credits to advertisers google are donating a lot as well to advertisers and there's there's, there's they are doing some nice things but it's just a dangerous position, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I think we use it so much to leverage traffic to our website to become dependent on these social channels. But then the propriety of these sites, you have literally no ownership. I mean, I, I was speaking to a photographer the other day. He's got an amazing website. And I said, mm. how come I can't follow you anywhere on, on the social? He goes, because as soon as I put it out somewhere, it's not mine anymore. I don't own it. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they own the licenses to your content. Yeah. As, which is mad, yeah. But anyway, such is life. I mean, how? Uh, next question for you, George. How do you yeah. how do you vet the brands now on your website? And do you have brands coming to you saying, "Oh, can I can I uh, be on your platform?" How does that work? Yeah, good question about that because something like it comes back to me wanting to keep the business true and authentic. And I've only ever wanted to put stuff up that I like and would resonate with. And as we've grown, that's been like the, our staff like that work for us. And as we've grown a bit further, it's like, well, what are the general market? What are the people in the general market like? If we don't like certain things, it doesn't mean that other people don't. So within, a, within reason, we try, and, we try and stick to stuff that is a level of cool or has a level of exclusivity or a level of style to it that is not so mainstream and commercial that it's like a shoe you'd find in sports direct let's say it's just a little tier above that which is still accessible it's still a good general release shoe but we curate everything that we know will will resonate with people in that sense so um 
it's a mid range between the super, like the real exclusive and the commercial. It's that it's that that gap in between to get people that are not really sneakerheads interested, and also that that still interests sneakerheads and people that are really into it. So as long as the brands fit with that sort of that image, then we're open. You know, like um, I'll give you an example. Let's say we, we've done a bit of work with UGG. The UGG slippers is what people know them as. Now, I know and we know that a lot of our audience like the brand UGG, men and women. The reason is because they make some banging slippers. And <laughs> people would therefore, because UGG have risen in popularity and we've seen searches increase for UGG, we're, we're more open to that partnership and talking to them. Whereas maybe three years ago, that might not have been something we would look at because it just wouldn't have been right at the time. Mm. So we pick and choose. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one to answer that. And do you, uh, do you always want to try and be first to the punch with like the launches and the news? Are you, or are you more kind of interested with saying let's get the meat of the story and let's make it our own rather than kind of regurgitate other people's content? what our goal is to sometimes just be it's a mix of being first and making content that stands out and giving you our spin on it based on what you would have seen um, online with some inside info that we might have or some info that we've got from one of our partners so it is a mixture man yeah. you, you can't be first with everything can you well no i mean and and also there seems to be such a rush to be first with something I, typically, the, the people that you find that are first with stuff are, haven't uh, got the accurate information and might even just have sound bites. You know, I log on to things and see something and I click on it and I go, oh, there's only a, there's only a headline here and a picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, in the early days, we'd, we'd get in a lot of shit for, for making the wrong, like, we'd create some articles that had wrong information in mm. or at the time when it was just me and maybe a couple of other guys like writers or social media managers I would be very instinctive with the way I would put stuff out and I would be like well that's coming out there at that time and I would sort of try and draw the lines between that information read between the lines and then I would post something which was a very accurate or very near accurate guess based on the information I had and sometimes that would turn out to be wrong um but we don't do that anymore because our reputation is important. We have that. We have to know that it's correct yeah. if we're publishing something, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, I don't know. If, I'm sure it's the same with the sneak industry. I'm kind of more of a James Bond nut, and I know if you post anything within the James Bond community and it's not 100% accurate, you have people that pile over the top of you to correct you, and you know, you're excommunicated from from the club almost if you don't get it 100% right. So, yeah. Your yeah. you, your YouTube channel, man, is fantastic. Just got to say, I've uh, just had a quick browse for it now as we've been talking. The thumbnails, I mean, the community that you got going on there. How how do you approach creating content on your YouTube channel? I think it's really hard for brands on YouTube. Um, you know, if I go onto my YouTube now, the things that pop the most are individuals. I don't know if you find the same, Peter, but. Um, I follow individuals on YouTube yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than brands so much. Maybe like Boiler Room I follow. But <laughs> yeah, um, But yeah, so it's been hard for us as a brand to get coverage. But the one or a few tips that I can provide are um, 
being consistent and having a schedule. So publishing content at set days of the week, set times, right. sticking to and definitely sticking to a type of content. So what we do is we'll do, um, you know, we'll do like aggregated content where we'll say like these are the top 20 Air Force Ones right now. Right. And also do high heat, which we've got first, like exclusive shoes that we want to show you before they're out. So there are two types of content for YouTube. And we stick to that yeah. and it's, it's working, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on the personality thing, the individual. I, I often find that with a lot of brands, it's very nice and glossy. Uh, yeah. There's lots of nice imagery, drones going over mountains. But there's something, like, a, there's not much soul in a lot of it because there's no one saying, like, this is how it fits. This is what it looks like out of the box. You know, there's the real, there's no one dropping anything in the background. There's no dog coming into the picture, you know, shagging the cat. You know, there's nothing, <laughs> like, there's nothing like that, which I provide on my YouTube channel for anyone listening. No, I'm joking. Um, I'll see that. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, interesting. I'll send, I'll send you a video. Um, yeah, no, it looks, it looks really well put together. Um, the website is thesoulsupplier.co.uk. Uh, I thoroughly recommend people head over there, check it out, and, and just, uh, yeah, be willing to put an hour aside because you can really dive down and, and get into some of these. I mean, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> so many different designs, and the brands are great. So congratulations, Thank you, yeah. mate. Um, it's been great talking to you. What's next for the Soul Supplier? What's Well, I guess we don't know too much at the minute with the craziness going on, but what plans do you have once we're all released? Well, the sole supplier is, is there to help you find your next pair of trainers and be the only place you need for that. So we do that just with showing you the latest and greatest shoes from 100 different retailers with the latest stock information. So, you know, you don't need to go anywhere else, right? That's the, that's the journey that we're going towards. So, yeah, please, anyone that's listening, give me a follow on my personal uh, Instagram, which is George Sullivan TSS love to connect with anyone and thanks for having me on the show as well Peter. Brilliant. no really good having you on mate all the best thanks a lot cheers man amazing thank you so much george the soul supplier then people uh, the soul supplier.co.uk if you're not already going there check it out and thank you for listening i know there's a lot of podcasts out there where you can get your information from at this time and you're tuning into our channel which is great and we'll be back again with another interview. Until next time, remember, it's only fashion, people, and you're never fully dressed without a smile. <laughs>